Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Kim Vidcare. Kim, uh, you are found on the web at kimvidcare.com. And I'm making that sound really easy to spell. It's uh, it, It's got a couple of extra letters for us uh, 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 Americans. Uh, let me let me let me go through all the letters <laughs> so you can spell this. Perfect, perfect, yes. It's Kim uh, and then H-V-I-D-K-J-A-E-R.com. Uh, you're a serial entrepreneur, Wall Street Journal bestselling author, uh, angel investor, keynote speaker. You've built many, many companies from startup to exit. Uh, and you are the author of a book, How to F Up Your Startup. And when I say <laughs> F, uh, I don't, well, you you do censor one of the letters, in the, but uh, it, it definitely is a very compelling uh, book cover. So, Kim, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Josh, for having me. Exciting. I kind of gave just a high-level overview of your work. I'm wondering if you could maybe just talk a little bit more about the impact that you have in the world. Sure, sure. Uh, my pleasure. So, uh, as you mentioned, I am a serial entrepreneur. I've, uh, I founded my first company aged uh, 19, and uh, I'm a lot older today. So, I've been doing this a, a long time. And uh, I've had my ups and downs uh, in sort of as, a, as an entrepreneur. I've, I've had great success and also have huge failures uh, and along the way, uh, uh, luckily, sort of the successes have outweighed the failures. But along the way, of course, you get a, a focus on uh, how to avoid all of those failures. Uh, um, and uh, as I, I like to brag, uh, I, over a two-year period, lost more money than the average American earns in a lifetime. Uh, and, and because of that, you know, I've started collecting uh, data on why is it that companies, they fail. And, and that, that's the topic of my book and also a lot of the work that I do today in terms of helping uh, companies avoid those you know, pitfalls. So that, that's, that's definitely a, a large part of, of what I do today. Yeah. So um, obviously, I really want to talk about the content of your book. Um, so it's the science of why 90% of companies fail and how you can avoid it. I want to know why 90% of companies fail, Kim. Super question. So uh, the real, the honest answer here is that there are a lot of reasons, of course. So it's not, there isn't a, a single answer to that question. But there are some some key issues that uh, a lot of companies they they tend to run into. Um, you know, everyone uh, managing a company knows this is tremendously hard. Uh, I, I like to refer to it as running a marathon, but in a minefield. So there is this big risk of you mm. stepping on a mine along the way, and um, Depending on you know uh, where you are uh, in the life cycle of your company, if you're in the early part starting the company, or if you're a growth company moving you know from employee number 100 to 200 or whatever, uh, there are different things that you will encounter. Um, and what I've tried to do is to map out uh, the vast majority 
of issues that uh, people run into. Uh, and I, I have uh, data for this uh, based mm. on uh, today, well over 160,000 crashed companies. So it's not just, you know, five of my best friends. Uh, and and uh, of course, there are some things that, that, that we see all the time. One of them being, you know, uh, not having the right product market fit. So it could be that, that uh, you know, you have a, a, a great product, uh, but, the, you know, the demand isn't there for mm. in, in the market, as, a, as an example, uh, which is a, is a popular one. And, of course, it, when you move sort of further down the line, for instance, in ter- when you are sort of in terms of, of growing uh, your company and so on, uh, there is another big risk, actually, which is, you know, growing your company too fast. So, so uh, uh, for instance, coming for many industries right now on the, on the sort of second round of, of COVID, they, they are actually seeing some success now that they've adjusted the companies to, to the situation and maybe consumers are, you know, again, demanding the type of service that, that they are asking for. And, and they are sort of ramping up production very fast, yeah. which is, of course, also a big risk. Yeah, Kim, I'm sure that you've seen um, that, you know, the, you know, the past two years have been a very interesting laboratory on. And it's really interesting. I like this idea of, you know, how have the last two years been a reflection of your life? Um, Because I think that there's some entrepreneurs, there's some, you know, folks in business uh, that, you know, when bad things started happening, Maybe they panicked a little bit and they they didn't really do what other people did because they were at the same time, there were entrepreneurs that mobilized very quickly and said, yes. there's a problem in, th- th- there are new market forces at play here for what, 99% of us, <laughs> you know, yes, yes. what what can I do? How can I immediately jump into action? You know, they kind of pull out their superhero cape and they start solving problems. Uh, and I'm t- so I've interviewed so many people, COVID businesses that, yeah. that said, you know what, there's something going on. I can help fix it. And they ended up doing very, very well as a result of that. And then other yeah. people, um, you know, listen, no judgment on this. It's just, it's an interesting study. I, I think if, again, if we, if we look back at, uh, at this and, and say, hmm, <laughs> am, am I pleased with what I did? Or, uh, you know, uh, how, how does, how do you kind of encounter, um, you know, outside market forces or how do you discuss that in your book? Yeah. So, uh, of course, specifically in terms of COVID, uh, you, you, we've seen a lot of companies, you know, flourishing in, in the category of, you no, know, they're producing sort of, uh, you know, antibacterial this and that and, and things that are very specific to the situation at hand. Also, there are a lot of companies uh, starting out right now that are very opportunistic in this category. And some of them might have success, but they're also maybe basing their business idea on something that is relevant for, you know, two, three years. It's not that it will, you know, be out of fashion uh, 10 years from now, but the demand uh, will, of course, be a significantly different situation. So, so that's, that's sort of one side of that equation being, you know, all of those companies that are, that are founding something that is very specific to the COVID situation. And, and we're seeing that in all markets, uh, US, you know, and I'm sit- sitting in Denmark right now and, and everywhere it's, it's happening. What I, what I think is, is a, a different situation, which I, I think is more useful for many of of the listeners out there and, and your situation and mine is, of course, the changes that are coming from uh, this whole situation. 
as an as an easy example from you know my daily work also I I, I run a, a CRM company, and and you know pre-COVID we had a lot of meetings physical meetings with customers, uh, and I know this is an you know an easy one to go for. But but uh, but post COVID, or if I dare say post as of yet, but but uh, later on the curve at least, um, of course all meetings are now entirely based on Zoom. You know, so so uh, and, and it's it's a it's a lot more efficient uh, from from both parties. You know, you you are you're recording it, you get to take notes and all those things. So maybe there are some changes in your uh, sales process following this. It could also be that that sort of uh, uh, that the customer group that you are servicing will accept a different way of engagement. Maybe you know the following up would be different, and and there are a lot of uh, handles to 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 look at around that uh, area. Um, so sort of looking at your sales process, I think if you're not sort of inventing mm. a new product specifically for for the situation, then the sort of sales process wise is is a is a strong. I know it's a no brainer. No, it's it's it's. I'm not the first to say this, but it is actually quite strong, and it it can it, it definitely change you know the numbers in terms of how much revenue you're bringing in and what is the cost of sales also. Yeah, I, and I know that um, CRMs, uh, and, you know, and you know, creating a great user experience, uh, you know, is particularly in B two B happens to be an area you know quite well uh, as the founder and CEO or as the CEO of uh, Simply CRM. Um, but can you tell me a little bit more about what you see working well in B2B sales today? And um, more importantly, what do you see not working? <laughs> but yet yeah. you still see companies still doing this and like, oh, I don't know, it's your yeah. money. Yeah, but 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 some some simple examples being, of course, when when the companies are not actually applying, you know, real sales metrics, and and it 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 seems uh, you know odd that this still happens, but but uh, you know you know the, the sales metrics would be sort of your the health check of your company, not with measuring you know what's important, means of course that that you cannot approve it, and and uh, we all know the old saying that what gets measured gets done, and and this is. It, it it still surprises me t- today that this is actually happening. You, we have a I see a ton of companies. You know, uh, uh, either they are, are measuring stuff you know in Excel, uh, which is like okay, uh, what year is it? Um, and and at the same time also you know they, they are, are measuring, for instance, uh, uh, the input that the salespeople are providing, not the output. So you know how many hours are you spending on this? Uh, 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 how, you know, as opposed to what is the efficiency? What is the, what uh, what is the result of this? Which is a terrible way to look at it. And and uh, you know, it, it, the, the fix for that, of course, being that you you really need to track your data. Uh, sort of you 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 can't afford to operate your business at arm's length. Uh, um, and and you can't you know leave anything unexamined, you know, unmeasured or to chance. So getting those numbers in place is is a. a, a a simple but extremely effective way of controlling your sales, and it, it it surprises me to see that you know most companies could do better in this category. Even you know big companies that are you would consider mature in terms of sales departments, and you know with hundreds of salespeople are still measuring things sort of uh, on a on a on a more of, sort of with the purpose of monitoring monitoring people, employees, as opposed to sale, which is terrible, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, Kim, uh, the the book here. Um, what are some of the other, um, you know, for someone who's like, okay, I, I'm loving the sound of this already. What are some other very high level areas that you cover in your book? How to 
mess up your startup. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. So, so uh, uh, I'm looking at at sort of uh, the whole life cycle of a company, and because some of of the readers are you know, new to the field of startups, and I'm, I'm fully yeah. aware that many of the listeners here are, are more experienced in in sort of in the managerial role, but I'm I'm moving from you know the 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 attitude of the founders, you know, looking at, at yourself as a founder or an owner of a company through uh, the issues with business models. And there are a, a ton of issues within business models. Uh, if, 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 you know, one of my favorites is what I call for idiot industry, meaning that you can actually, you know, is it, there's a big difference between how you would be performing depending on what industry you're selecting, right? So, so uh, some industries just perform better than others you know take the same person and the same you know effort and intelligence level and team and whatever and put them into two different industries and the, the results would be vastly different um and you know from business model i moved to uh, market research and and on to funding which is uh, also an important part for for many companies uh, and over you know product development and organization uh, and sales and growth and then into you know future stuff which would also be around this COVID things so the, the stuff that you re- really can't see coming and how you can to some extent prepare for that. So it has a, a, a you know full life cycle uh, perspective, but there are some of course some things that are you know important early stage you know the founding team, whereas you know. Five years later, it's it's harder to change the founding team if you if you are sort of on board with you know the wrong yep. people. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, set not, it up right the first time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you can. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you can't, uh, what what happens if you're like, well, look, uh, we got who we got. <laughs> what do we do at this yeah. point? Yeah. So so that is super complicated. And of course, you know, a get a good lawyer. <laughs> but also, <laughs> oh, no. where, where, so, yeah. But because of course, if you if you if you messed up, you know, your your cap table. So if if you have you know equity owners around the table that where yeah. it's just not functioning, then you know probably someone will have have to buy someone out. And also a thing that is uh, coming is increasingly popular in 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 the the US is like you have these uh, uh, you know uh, therapy sessions for founders actually. So, so uh, that they, they will t- take these sessions and discuss what is the problem here and is, a, is some, something we can work around somehow to sort of get, you know, back to where we perhaps once were or, or what, what is the case. But of course, you know, wrong founding team, big problem. Don't go there. Yeah. What, uh, Kim, what work do you do today? I mean, obviously you're sitting on boards, CEO of your own company, but I understand that you also, you do, con- you, you are open to uh, consulting. Yeah. So uh, mainly what I do in, in terms of consulting is, uh, of course, I do some different speaking engagements, but also, you know, uh, when companies um, are, are hitting sort of, I want to in one of these phases and they need someone from the outside to help them. Sometimes it, it could be as an end up being as an investor, other times as a board member, but, but a sort of, Taking a, an an external view on on the company and 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 you know helping them in terms of some of these problems here is also something I do. I don't do you know traditional consulting it isn't really my thing anymore. But but uh, but no sort of on a you know helping uh, on a managerial level uh, or as a board member or or from that perspective I I find tremendously interesting. Uh, and of course from my perspective it's also a way to be you know in connection with different companies without uh, allowing me to touch more companies at the same time as if, you know, only spending uh, 60 hours a week on the same thing. Yeah. Um, and and where do you, um, 
like in in your work uh, today, like how would you come across uh, a company that that you would serve in that capacity? Like, or, or so, do, you, do, you, do you just networking? Or I mean, you're I know you're a well known guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So in, in Denmark, at least, US is a big place, of course. And um, so I think, yeah, networking is 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 definitely a part of that. And and um, of course, if you yeah, we all know this, if you provide a good product, then mm-hmm. there is a tendency that someone will recommend you. The safest way to get new sales. Um, and of course, uh, also, you know, by being active on, on you know, the classic social media uh, also gets referrals, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, our talk here will typically also, you know, have some emails ticking in my inbox uh, uh, afterwards. So, so, so that, that, of course, is, is definitely a part of it. But also, if you're working as a consultant, you know, back in the days where I did do consultancy, uh, it's also about, I think, I find it's a, about identifying, you know, uh, customers in the specific segment where they are at that time. So maybe you are uh, in a good situation where you do consulting when the company changes CEO, for instance. Then, then you know, then you would be on the lookout for those situations and make sure that you have a structured, again, structured uh, approach to contacting those uh, new CEOs when they start, and and sort of addressing, you know, oh, I know you just started, you have your 100 days ahead of you, and uh, I would like to take a talk on on A, B, and C of course, mm-hmm. depending on, on the services you're providing. So having sort of those triggers in place. Kim Vidcare, um, your, again, your website is kimvidcare.com. And again, it's H-V-I-D-K-J-A-E-R.com. Uh, Kim, when somebody goes to your website, uh, by the way, if if, if, if that, were, that was a lot of letters for you as, a, as, as an American, uh, what you do is just go ahead and click on the show notes, a little information, click, swipe, Push, like you'll find where we've got the link directly to Kim's website. Um, and Kim, when somebody goes to your website, obviously buy the book, uh, you know, if you want to make sure that uh, you, you've learned uh, what the data shows around where startups really screw this up. Uh, but aside from that, Kim, um, how else might people engage with you on your website? What would you recommend? So, so first off, of course, uh, you know, uh, find it. And also, you know, Google is helpful in that context when you can't spell my last name, which uh, is known to happen. Um, and uh, also, I have a newsletter called Friday Failures, where every Friday you'll get a story of uh, some someone failing somehow. And of course, all, mm. always accompanied by a fix for that failure. Very important. Uh, and otherwise, you know, catch me on, on uh, social media, LinkedIn, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all of those categories, uh, I'm also very, very open for. And especially, you know, if if any listeners out there uh, have their own stories, I am mm. actively collecting those, and I would really love. I know it takes a bit of, you know, sometimes guts to say, okay, I actually messed up in this category because of this and that. But it's it's very valuable for the rest of us to hear about, uh, you know, what happened and and how could we avoid that uh, in the future. Hmm. Yeah, I think most of us have been around a little while. We've had our share share of failures, and <laughs> yeah. you know those failures are, are are really important because it's you know I I, I see a lot of wisdom gained yeah. from from those experiences. So if you're in the midst of a failure, if, if you've recently failed, uh, I. I, I promise you there's a silver lining somewhere uh, for that. Um, so again, oh, go ahead, Kim. I'm just, just I'm just agreeing with you definitely you know it, it's it's uh, there is a there is a fix and there is something on the other side know that excellent all right kim vidcare kimvidcare.com thank you kim for joining us 
Thank you for your time. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free, no credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and re-share you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review and we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.